You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about dealing with strong emotions. Today, we'll lean into more about the trauma aspect, since this is part of the trauma series. Yeah, the trauma and healing from it to be able to yeah. to move forward. I feel like with trauma and strong emotions, like a couple things happen, right? If I'm angry and explosive and reactive, there's that aspect of my strong emotions. So like, so yes, those things come out because something in the past made me reactive and I, and I carry that inside and then I get into a, a really strong situation, like a work situation or a husband situation, and I just explode. We talk about that a lot. Okay. And, and then like to make sure you don't explode, take a breath, think about what's bothering you here. Where is it coming from? What do you need? Sometimes I have strong emotions that are related to my trauma and it triggers my flight or fight reflex. And with some of my trauma, like it's not like the anger one is definitely a fight, right? I'll just go at it, go at it. But there are also these times where I want to avoid, like avoid. And we don't talk about, we have, but like it's a weird, subtler feeling. And it's, I think it leads to choosing to bury your feelings over years and and maybe what I talked about last week where you know something's wrong, you know you don't feel good, but you don't mm-hmm. can't always put a finger on what your feeling and your emotion actually is and why you feel unsettled or sad. And it's a strong feeling, but it's different, you know, it's different than just the exploding one. I think for for both of us it's easier to tap into the stronger emotions of anger which I think somewhat to what you're linking it to is this idea of the fight or flight because our response for protection is anger. So it's very hard to uh, separate the two when we're experiencing something that is triggering in some way for us. So the the harder emotions for us to handle and like grasp onto and hold onto tightly and try to work with are feelings of sadness and identity, identity, the, belonging. The dis- yeah, the discomfort that we feel. It's so much harder for us to be able to just sit with that. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. anger is so easy to tap into. Yeah, sadness is easy to tap into in some ways, but it's hard to understand. I believe some of it is tied to this it is tied somewhat to understanding because if someone who makes makes you angry immediately you're like well if you wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. i wouldn't have reacted in this way mm. right so yeah. then you're immediately able to pinpoint the x thing that supposedly right i'm saying supposedly because if you actually do the work it probably is something else but the immediate thing in your face is the fact that the thing that was supposed to be where it is, isn't there. And that's like, oh my God, it's so annoying. 
So you yeah. can have that reaction. But then when it's a, um, a strong emotion tied to sadness or some sort of, I'm going to call it like a heavier emotion, we we really can't find that one thing that we're pointing a finger at and being like, oh, you know. You can't blame someone really else. Sad. Right. Yeah. He, he, totally. Anxiety is like that too. Mm-hmm. Everything in research about trauma and PTSD ultimately says that the first feeling you're going to have is anxiety. But people don't like to think about, oh, are you an anxious person? You know, are you a nervous person? Mm -hmm. Or for like, oh, you don't like to say that, oh, I'm scared or worried. And there's so much negative stigma to that, that I think that also contributes to why it's hard for men to, like, I've had a lot of men in my life who've said, oh, I've, I've never had trauma before. And you're like, Oh yeah. I've, Why I've, are you so positive? Like <laughs> Yeah, it's like, really? <laughs> okay. 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 You've never had trauma in your life. You're living as a human being. I am yeah, positive. Yeah. Something in your life has screwed your brain up in some way or made you especially men, right? Because you're like, well, I have to protect my space. I have to make sure I have enough work and job and well, money. And I feel like that's also tied to like the positivity aspect, toxic positivity of how mm. that relates to also the male uh, machistic kind of values that exist in much of mm. our society it 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 would be irrational in the minds of of some men to say of course i've experienced trauma because that would require for them to have a deeper understanding of their emotions and knowing that and accepting that they've been hurt by something mm -hmm. because i've talked a lot about my trauma Anxiety is like my best friend since birth, you know, but <laughs> tell me about your relationship with anxiety. So how that comes out in my day-to-day -day kind of activity is my need for order is very useful, you know, very useful in, in many instances. But in that same regard, it can be very anxiety-provoking when things don't follow the order in my head that I wanted to. And so I have to be able to um, not only accept, but work with a change. Man, every time you remind me that this is how your brain works, it's so interesting to me because you are my partner. <laughs> and it is a reflection of different ways that you can experience if people don't like trauma, right, something that just doesn't feel safe, that causes you to worry. People have two different reactions. Yours is to control your situation. Mm -hmm. And that has now affected your whole life. And it's even interesting. You remind me that you see this. It's a strength, mm -hmm. but a curse. Yes. And I see this in my partner. He is compelled and it's it's like a stuck thing. And to be married to someone who's chaotic energy, I don't. That's not how my anxiety. <laughs> it's like gnashing. <laughs> yeah. Anxious, freaked out energy, you know, self-medicating with honestly, I self-medicate with my phone. I think we all do. At, at I point. know, but everybody uses something else and the phone is the one thing where it actually interferes with my relationship. Why? Cuz you're not paying attention. Oh, yeah, my partner. And even my children started calling me out. They're like, why is mama always on her phone? Like I have my yeah. head in my phone and I thought I needed a breakup with my phone. But it's like a, it's a comfort. And I knew it the second I picked up my phone. I knew it back in 20, 
2007, 2007, when I got my first phone, I said, this is going to be bad for the rest of my life. I could feel it in my brain. It like, it really does something. It lets me check out and avoid. But you know, what's interesting where, where you may do that, do you, uh, and tying it to how it relates to our emotions, it's definitely for you a moment to check out. For me, it's more of a reward. It's, I mean, yes, I'm checking out, but it's more of a reward because I'm like, oh, look, now you've done all the things that you said you were going to do. Now you have yeah. time to be that able to do That may be a that. healthier relationship with a coping skill. I mean, that's not also, you, it may not be a coping skill. Your coping mechanism is control and to make your a million lists, out loud <laughs> yeah. lists, go through them, repeat them over and over. Organization. I mean, you said it, right? Like you don't- yeah. We, we're all dealing with strong emotions and in order to deal with strong emotions, we're trying to cope with them by controlling them or doing other things that help us to avoid those feelings. I think part of what you're saying to Teresa is different pieces of the emotion that I may feel tied to X thing, mm-hmm. I divvy up and put into different little boxes. Like right now I can only focus on the anger piece. Oh, okay. Here's the anger piece. And then mm. when I'm able and I have the capacity to, then I'm like, all right, let me actually look at the sadness piece that was tied to this thing because I know that's going to take more work. So you even control the way that you negotiate your <laughs> I know, And just, for totally me, I have you. to. I mean, compartmentalizing is a skill. Yes. Compartmentalization, intellectualizing it, thinking about it in a way where you can control the emotional experience, those are all part of coping skills. So I saw this I saw this meme somewhere that said, nobody appreciates how nice I'm being. I could be much meaner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and it it really speaks truth, right? Because we're consistently having to manage the way that we are putting ourselves out to others, right? We're not going to just be like a complete ass and be like, oh, forget it. You know, somebody sends like a random email and you're like, you know, like, no. Yeah. But your point is really good, which is that when we're stressed, when we're not checking our past and making sure we're taking care of ourselves, inevitably, I give myself four days before I'm fighting with somebody. Mm. I'm saying things to my kids I don't want to say. I have isolated myself from my friends, (laughs) you know. Luckily with work, I get to just stay away from people and put my head down. Do you feel when there are, when this is like, let's say it's this four-day period and it's coming and you know. Oh, I never know. It's like, oh, I'm in the fourth day. (laughs) And then it just um, hits you. And I'm doing the things and I'm watching it like a movie. Yeah. Where I'm watching myself destroy this period of the month or this this day, this week that was going well. And and it's like mm-hmm. a slap in the face because you think, How did it turn so fast? You know, like that is the challenge for being a woman as well who has lived with trauma, is that I my body and my brain has a life of its own. <laughs> Um, and I have to negotiate 
how my strong emotions are related to my history and also my hormones and the time of the month. I think that's very true. I would also say that men also have hormones, like not testosterone. just yeah, totally. and progesterone. And so, totally. Yeah, totally. So the hormonal changes that come about definitely impact stuff. There is another aspect of how I like the description of how you're saying, like you're basically watching it like a movie and like, oh yeah, here comes the scene where everything's going to get messed up. Everything's on fire. (laughs) And there's nothing, like you can't like pause it, you know, and be like, wait, let's go back, go back, go back. I think I try to do that sometimes and my ability to do so in the middle of something that I know is like, is really hard. It's one of the hardest things that I work at. And the the different um, aspects of what's going on in my life will definitely impact how easier it is to manage that. 100%. Yeah. The thing that sometimes make it, makes it easier is if I can go to someone and get a vibe check. You know, mm. like, did I... Did I understand that wrong? Or am I right right now in this moment? I need you to tell me if I my, my reaction is correct. That helps me to reframe, to automatically be like, oh, that's you and your trauma. That's you and your anxiety, whatever it is. And yeah. compared to, oh, no, that person was acting a fool. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. That's why good friends in therapy work, right? Yeah. But I can you can you tell me this? Have you ever had a period of your life where I mean, I think that we understand the way our emotions can be cyclical. Mm-hmm. We understand how what we're experiencing in our life makes things easier or worse to manage our, our strong emotions and to just recover and apologize or just not to explode. Mm-hmm. But do you ever have periods in your life where it just keeps coming and coming and coming? You mean yesterday? <laughs> yesterday, but yesterday was yesterday and yesterday it was yes. months. And suddenly it was months. And you look back and you think, what happened to the last three months? Like, yeah. this is where I think strong emotions and situations turn into mental illness. You know, this is like looking back in my life, this is the only way I've been able to explain long periods of challenge. And then the longer I let it go, the harder it was to claw out of the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's different. It's different to deal with strong emotions in the moment and when I'm well, because they're always going to come at you. But the slow boil one that doesn't feel like it's getting addressed and it just, it's different. I have gone through those periods of my life. Luckily, I'm not there now. When I was in those places, the, the idea of like crawling and clawing back to like some sense of normalcy and a, and a good feeling was so difficult. Yeah. I think oftentimes we, we do get lost in that space because it feels like the change that we want to see isn't moving, isn't, isn't coming as fast enough as we want it to. Yeah. And then you're like, not you. I've done this. I, I'm I'm speaking from 
complete experience where I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to do these things and I want to change this. And because my brain really does require control to be able to operate well, I'm like, well, why didn't that happen? Why didn't it happen fast enough? Oh, you suck. You know, Mm. no, you could have done things better if you actually, and all that negative self-talk. That's what your inner voice sounds like. Yeah. Kicks back to the beginning and be like, Mm. well. That's your cycle of internal violence. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even beat myself up. It's just like, nope, everything's ruined. Everything's going to go to crap. Can I ask where you, where in your body you feel that? Like, (sighs) everywhere. It feels like sitting in a vat of peanut butter. Mm. I feel it in my whole body, which is why exercise is so hard, but so important to just get moving. And I had a family member once tell me like it took, it mustered all of their energy just to fall on the ground from their bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like let alone thinking about moving from the floor next to your bed to the shower. And in that moment, I was like, man, we have depression in our family, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's where I kind of go back to I've had to learn the red flags to help me know when my brain is getting there because – and it has to be something like the colors of the world do change. And I'm not dealing with my strong emotions. I am piling them on. I'm avoiding them in a way that's transforming my brain into this really negative space that I know that my brain can go to. So it's, I feel it's a that. good place to acknowledge the way that we know that situations and strong emotions can kind of can solidify themselves in our brain. And that that's what it feels like, I think, to get ultimately diagnosed, you know, with depression and, and PTSD. And I love that society, I mean, society, I love that the researchers and the people at the doctors, they've identified complex PTSD. Because when they started talking about that, as opposed to PTSD, it helped me way more feel comfortable accepting and understanding my trauma. So that shift was like, so PTSD is, um, hypervigilance and paranoia and not being able to sleep and being on the lookout, right? Jumpiness. And I felt that as a kid, you know, when I was in the height of insecurity, that's what I felt. But today as an adult, I don't, that's not what it feels like. It looks like I, I'm a curmudgeon. I'm cynical, changed my perspective on life and myself and others. And how does that constant perception And thinking in this way for 40 years, how has it permanently changed my ability to feel pleasure, to feel soothed, to smile, hug my husband? Mm -hmm. And I think that was really helpful to have a different understanding of how years of piling on the things is is different. Because it started with someone, but, you know, certainly I carried the torch, you know, (laughs) which I think a lot of us do. There, I think at one point there was the notion of being resilient enough to just keep going, right? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Even though internally you know that it's not fine, but it's somewhat tied to survival, just, but then being able to like grasp onto and 
I feel like it's such a tangible thing for me. That's why I think about like holding on to it, mm-hmm. that the sadness that you feel tied to something, it's like this humongous rock that is just in the pit of your belly. Mm-hmm. That if you don't take something to start chipping away at it, then mm-hmm. it's just, a, it turns into a freaking boulder. Yeah. And and that's how I feel when when we think about strong emotions. Like, I feel like I'm literally like dragging, like I'm holding on to myself, you know, by, from the legs and be like, okay, now move. Go, go run around the world with your little ass being dragged along, you know? The and grief like, and the sadness and the yeah. things that never will be, the expectations or the loss. Yeah. And then life, you know, life adds because whatever started with your identity and then your partner, your husband, are you a good, are you a good wife? Are you a good partner? Are you a good parent? Are you a bad parent? (laughs) If you don't examine these things, I think they, they add, this is like the way that life just keeps like padding. Yeah. It makes it much more complex to the weight you carry and then it just it also is the way life throws at you that you can't ignore your stuff because if you don't this is what we see leads to at least for me and i see in others but the perpetuation of the trauma that i experience like when i yell at my children i see the person that yelled at me Mm. and um i hate that I can see what I'm doing, but I cannot stop myself. Yeah, you can't. You can't hit pause. Be like, no, stop it. But I, but I do appreciate that healing from managing those strong emotions is that when you do explode, one thing that I learned that was so important is that it wasn't that they exploded. That was just the bad part. But nobody ever apologized. So I now apologize a ton to my mm. husband and my children who are two – sometimes my four-year-old just doesn't even understand what I'm saying. But my six-year-old definitely did. And even that young, he was like – he says some things now that are just so like stabbing me in the heart. You know, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> dang, dude. You know what though in, in what you're sharing, Teresa – I think it speaks to some of the the growth that that it can happen gradually where we pick up new skills and trying to trying to manage all of these strong emotions you have a, a a better capacity to be able to understand the limitations that exist and being able to work on that emotion at any given time right so like I can't be like at work for instance and I have this strong emotion and then I like lose it and everything's gone to crap. I, I, I can't do that for me. That doesn't work well because it's such like an overwhelming output of emotion that it would drain me. I, I know it would. So I then, and, and it's tied to this idea of control have to think, okay, if I can't do this now, I have to be able to do this in another space. Mm-hmm. And I find that safe space to be able to completely let it all out to then not carry it and not add to that boulder that I'm that I'm carrying, you know? Yeah. I think 
part of the other aspect of what you were talking about is this need for us to also consider how the people around us are impacted by and affected by how we manage the emotions and ultimately our ability to do something with it for our own well-being and for the well-being of others yeah. because it's all connected. Yeah. Then uh, you can make a life without anybody else, but <laughs> ideally you have people that can help you along this journey. Find yeah. people that can, where you can feel supported and uh, validated in your experience. Yeah. It is a risk to choose to be in relationship with people. And I don't mean just like in a partnership way, like even having a close friend mm -hmm. is a risk. But it's better than being alone, which is an option. I think that's where the avoidance of strong emotions. I've seen many people choose to say, well, I'm going to choose to not be in relationship with people. I'm just going to be very surface. That's one way to do it. You can just never talk about real things. Mm -hmm. Or you can just straight up not have relationships. And and there's always a little bit of sadness for the people in my life who choose that path. Yeah. But it's hard work because <laughs> I'm positive they look at me and they're like, why are you doing what you're doing? <laughs> maybe there's no judgment there either. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's it's a short it's a short time in this world. So everybody has to choose their own path. And yeah. I don't think we can come from a place of judgment. We can try to understand, but I don't I don't know that that always will happen either. I think the word that sticks out for me is just compassion, right? For for ourselves and for others. Yeah. So that as we're learning how to navigate all this all the time with every single other situation that comes up, like if you're a parent learning how to work with your kids, if then your kids are teenagers and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do with that? With your partner, with your siblings, with your friends, all of us are dealing with things that we may not always be sharing with one another, even if we are very close, because, you know, I may not be willing to say to you, Teresa, hey, I got this gigantic boulder of stuff. You want to maybe help me carry it? You know, it's, I mean, I feel may. like that is what marriage is. You know, <laughs> marriage, our marital vows should be like, hey, here's the baggage I'm bringing. Are you, I think that you're saying you would rather be with me as we carry this shared baggage. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But that's, that's like, not I'm just gonna marriage. I'm going to fight with you, but I'd rather fight with you than fight with anybody else. <laughs> I think part of that is also in the friendships that you have. Mm -hmm. If if your family isn't the isn't what you think it should be, you know, you seek out folks that can do that with you. Yeah. I don't know that this conversation went where I thought it was going to go, but that's all right. I mean, I people can check out controlling anger, why am I so irritable? You know, we we've kind of explored these similar questions in a different way. Mm -hmm. I think he gave a comprehensive overview of what it looks like across a lifespan, right? And the complexity of relationships. So I think it's different. I think this is where this podcast is not about controlling an emotion in the immediate moment. It's about how do I look at all of my strong emotions in my life and how it affects me and what it looks like to try to cope in good ways and bad ways yeah. or healthier or unhealthier ways. I don't know. Just come out the other side and it's just part of the journey. 
All right, then. We're going to talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. Keep on fighting.